Hey there, hi there, and welcome back, everybody, to Leave It Better. Today, we are recording our second episode, and I'm so stoked. We are going to talk about paving your way, your way. Um, emphasis on the your, but before we get started, I wanted to just say, first and foremost, thank you so much. Like, thank you all so much for the kindness and the support that I've been receiving Honestly, I was really, really scared that it was going to flop miserably and I was going to be sad, but the positivity and the support that I've been receiving from you guys has been unbelievable. There have been like 15 people who have reached out over DMs with like support and ideas and questions and thank you guys so much for reaching out. Please never, ever hesitate to reach out. I love it. I love bouncing ideas off you guys and hearing your questions about it. Um, It's been amazing. It really has. It's been so much fun. So I'm so stoked to keep going. Today, we are going to be adding a couple new segments that I've been kind of tossing around in my head. Um, The first one that we'll add kind of toward the end is the people's pod. And this is where I'm just going to be addressing some topics that you guys want to know about and answering questions, like sort of a Q&A environment um, with less structure, of course. So we're going to start doing that. If you have anything you want on there, please, please, please reach out, um, and then I'll get it covered when I can. Sweet. Um, The next one that I'm going to be adding is called Janie's Jams, and this one's, like, not as significant, but I'm just going to share, like, the five songs I've been listening to the most, like, that week. And they are definitely not all new songs. You've probably heard them. Maybe you haven't heard them and they're just old and weird. But just throwing stuff out there in case you guys need some new stuff. I might start doing some sort of like health tip of the week, but I'm not sure yet. So that one is not included in this week's episode. Let me know. Let me know what you want to hear from me. Let's jump right in. Today, our topic is going to be paving your way. And I say you're like that because that's a really, really important part of this topic is that we have to remember that it's your life. It's your path and nobody else can make these decisions for you and nobody else is living your life. I know that like a lot of us struggle with these outside stimulus and these outside opinions coming in, you know, we want to, we want to please our parents, we want to please our friends, our teachers the government, influencers, whoever, because everybody's chiming in with an opinion on what you should do with your life or what career you should go into, literally everything. They all have an opinion on everything for whatever reason, but we have to remember that it literally doesn't matter. As much as it seems dramatic, it seems like it matters, like the end of the world, their opinions should not control your life, you know? And I have always kind of had an issue with like trying to appease the people I know or the people that know me, Um, you know, just the judgments that are coming off. Like people have negatively judged me that I've been friends with and I've responded not great to that. Like I've gotten down on myself because I'm like, oh, well, like they know me, so there must be something wrong, right? You know, and that's just not the case. Like, maybe they don't know you completely. They can never know you the way that you know you, right? So, like, it hasn't been as big of a deal with, like, strangers because I'm kind of like, whatever, you don't know me. Like, you're not going to make the effort to know me before you make these judgments. You're not worth my time. Or, like, people in high school. Maybe they were popular. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were just dicks, right? Like, maybe they're judging you, but they don't know you. You don't hang out. They've never made an effort to know you. Their opinion doesn't matter. And if you're listening to this and I went to high school with you, eh, I'm sorry. But also, like, if you made these rash judgments on me, I'm not sorry. Because, like, these people don't know you. Don't worry about what these people in high school, college, your job think about you if they don't take the time to get to know you first. Like, at that point, it's out of jealousy. You know what I mean? Like, They don't want to take the time to know you, but they're just going to make assumptions about you. It's because they have their own insecurities. So, like, why would we listen to them? Like, I hope with my whole heart that if you're one of those people who is projecting your insecurities onto others, I really, really hope that that gets better for you as well as other people. I hope you stop judging other people, but I also hope 
that like your insecurities get better because it does suck to be that insecure that you project. You know what I mean? So I hope if anybody is having that struggle with themselves and is judging others for it, I hope that you look inward and really think about that. Um, Because like I said last time, we don't need more shitty people. Um, But I think that's something that's really important for us to all remember is that we don't have to make decisions based off judgments or based off what our parents want. I think this happens a lot during like college, right? Like people will say, I'm just a business major. I'm just a communications major because I don't know what I want to do, right? My parents made me go to college. I don't want to be here, which like the education isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's when you don't want to be there and you're struggling and you hate it and you're having a hard time and you feel that you're wasting your time. Like that's when it becomes somebody else making your decisions. If you don't like it there, don't be there. Like, you can always go back to school, and yeah, it might be harder later, but then you will not have wasted your energy, wasted your time, wasted your money, and you'll know what you want to do if you go back. Like, you don't have to go just because your parents went. You don't have to study finance just because your dad's in finance. Don't let anyone else make these huge life decisions for you because you're the one that's going to have to deal with the aftermath of the decisions. Not them, right? So don't let them make those decisions. Set up the boundaries between advice and forceful decision-making. You get to pick for you where that line is drawn, right? Maybe you're somebody who wants some more advice, who wants a little bit heavier of advice, and you need more guidance, and that's completely fine. And maybe you're someone who's super independent and doesn't want anybody's advice, doesn't want anybody's opinion. That's also fine. But it's up to you to pick where you are on that spectrum and to establish that boundary with the people in your life. And if you feel that you can't have that conversation with the people in your life and that you can't open up to them about that, then maybe you need to evaluate those relationships, right? Because part of relationships are trust, And that's a pretty baseline conversation. If you don't trust them enough to let them know where advice becomes too much for you, then maybe you need to be looking at those relationships before anything else. Um, I mean, that's a different topic for a different day, but don't be afraid to set up boundaries with people. You know, come at it in a good way. Hey, I appreciate your advice, but this is where it becomes too much for me. You know, I would really like to try on my own. I'd like to try to make mistakes on my own because you will make mistakes. Oh, absolutely you'll make mistakes. That's part of being human. That's part of life. You're always going to make mistakes. Mistakes are how we learn and grow. Like that's just part of it. And sometimes they're way worse than others. Some mistakes are so much worse than others. And you're always going to get at least one person hitting you with the I told you so. Well, if you would have listened to me, this wouldn't have happened. Well, that's great, but I didn't listen to you. And this did happen. And you absolutely can't change the past. This isn't back to the future. Like, we can't change what's already happened. I've already made the decision. So the I told you so isn't going to change anything. Everybody's so quick to say I told you so, as if they've never made a mistake in their life. I do it. You do it. Everybody does it. We all act like our advice is so precious and that we've never made mistakes when like, to be honest, we have literally no room to speak. No human ever has room to say, I told you so. Because at one point or another, they've absolutely messed up, 100%. Like you're going to be wrong, but it's the mistakes that make you grow. It's the mistakes that mold you and mold you as a human being. Like it's really important, I don't know. I think that like some mistakes could be avoided for sure. And some mistakes are really, really, really bad and they're really troubling. But any mistake is going to teach you something, right? We don't always like the bad ones. The bad ones suck. Like every horrible mistake or everything that has led to a horrible situation in my life has sucked. I've hated it. I'll give you that. But I've learned and I've grown. And so in the long term, it sucks really bad. And some stuff just outright shouldn't happen. But hopefully you get to grow from that.
because that's really important. Um, and I mean, the growth, the growth doesn't happen if you're not looking inward, right? So like I'm preaching about how mistakes create growth, but you know, it's not just magic. It's not magical growth. It's like, oh, mistake, boom, growth. Like, this is not Jack and the Beanstalk type shit. You have to actively look at the mistake and look in the mirror and say, okay, great. How did this happen? How can I prevent this from happening? You have to look inward. And I think a lot of us really struggle with that because honestly, it is scary. It is scary to look inward and to look at yourself and your own thoughts. Like, I am afraid some days to sit by myself and think. That can be so scary, especially presented with all the stimuli we're presented with in a day. Like, it's it's not fun. I'll give you that. Looking inward is not fun. But it's about, it's about delayed gratification, which is something my mom always taught me when I was little. Um, you know, about how instant gratification, getting what you want right now, is never going to help you. And about how if you wait and you work, it'll be a bigger reward later. You know, it's like that experiment with kids where they're like, okay, I'm going to set this marshmallow on the table. And if you don't eat it by the time I get back, I'll give you another marshmallow. And you can eat two of them instead of one. Like the first marshmallow looks great and fun. But if you just wait and you work and it does take an effort. It does take conscious effort for these children not to eat this marshmallow. Honestly, it would take me conscious effort not to eat the marshmallow. But after the conscious effort, the reward is even greater, right? So delayed gratification can be really important. And I think looking inward is a huge part of that in molding yourself as a person. And there are a lot of ways to do that, right? Like you don't just have to sit in a dark room and be alone with your thoughts because that can be one of the scariest ways to do it. Um, One way that I found really, really helpful is meditation and breath work. Um, I think that's been just such an amazing game changer for me because you're not just sitting there and being like, okay, what's horrible about me? How can I change it? Like That's not helpful. But meditation and breath work can really connect you with yourself, your body, and your soul right? And there are a lot of places to find those. You could look it up on, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, and listen to a guided one. You could listen to a guided one on YouTube. You could do a self-prompted one and just read a prompt and sit there and do the breath work, whatever works for you. You just have to figure out what works for you. And with like meditation and breath work, some of the results can be a little bit slower. Like, you might not always see immediate results. Like, wow, I'm so much calmer every single day. You'll be calmer in the moment after you're done. Like, I always feel amazing after I'm done. But the long-term effects took a while to kick in. Um, There's actually a book about the long-term effects. It's called Altered Traits. I forgot who it's by, um, but it's really awesome. They scientifically studied meditation and some of, like, the best practitioners of meditation It's really cool. If you get the chance to read it, definitely do um, if that's your path. If not, journaling is a really, really good one. Sometimes just getting thoughts down on paper can make them clearer and make them easier for you to grasp because sometimes we don't even understand our own emotions or our own thoughts. So sometimes even if you can't think of anything to write, just jotting some stuff down just starting helps. Um, you know, anytime I've ever had to write anything, my dad's always been like, well, just start. Even if it's nonsense, just start and it'll come to you. So that can be really helpful. Um, I know myself, I'm a really bad journaler. That's why meditation works really well for me. Um, because I can be very perfectionist. Like I'm a hot mess most of the time, but when I journal, I'm like, oh, this isn't color coded, right? Or like, oh, my handwriting looks bad in this specific word. Or I sound so stupid. Like I'm cringing at myself, right? It doesn't matter. In all reality, it really doesn't matter. The only person that's ever going to see that is you. And if you're cringing at yourself and you don't like the way it's organized, write a bunch of stuff down and then even just throw it away. 
even if you don't read it back. Writing it down has consciously helped you process these feelings. Even if you never look at it again, you put it in a dark, cold basement. It has helped. Whether you know it or not, it's helping you process, right? Um, I mean, there's a lot of other ways. Go on a walk. I know, like, hot girl walks are a thing right now. I, um, I work with someone who's kind of like the old man of our staff, or so we call him. Doesn't really have social media, yada, yada, yada. He's only, like, 24, but it's really funny because I was explaining to him the concept of a hot girl walk, and he looked at me, and he was like, isn't that just going for a walk? Like, that's just going for a four-mile walk. And, like, he's got a point. I didn't even think about it, but, like, a hot girl walk is just a walk. Like, that's what you do on a walk. You sit and you think. And maybe, like, those ones have specific you know, outlines and ramifications. I don't know, but he's right. It's just a walk. So go on a walk, read a book. I know it sounds counterproductive to read when you're trying to think, but sometimes your thoughts wander or the book sparks something in you. Sometimes it helps. Honestly, organize something, clean your room, get off your phone, you know, set aside your phone and your computer for like 20 minutes and clean your room. Like, doing something with your hands, like, activating your kinesthetic senses can be really helpful for your brain flow. So if you just get off your phone for 20 minutes and start cleaning your room, it might help you process some of these thoughts and look inward on these mistakes, you know? It's really, really important to look inward because it's like, you can't know what's best for you if you don't know yourself. Like, you can't pick a path for somebody you don't know. This isn't some cheesy, horrible reality TV show where it's like, okay, for, you know, this week, whatever, you're going to make the decisions for someone you don't know. So, like, knowing yourself is very important. Your life is not a bad reality TV show. Like, this is reality. This is your reality. And it's your reality to choose. It's your reality to create. And a lot of people don't realize it, but, like, you can always change your own reality. That's always a choice, is to change your reality. And you might not believe me, and you might think I'm talking out of my butt, but I know more than you think about changing reality. Trust me, I know. Um, I'm going to share a little a little tidbit, a little story with y'all about how I changed my reality, because I think it's probably really important to hear, to understand that, like, you can at any time. And I don't think I understood it until it happened. My dad, who is just the most amazing human being, had always talked to me about how you get to pick your path and you can change your own reality at any point. And I thought he was ridiculous for a really long time because it seemed impossible that you could just change what was happening in your life, change your entire life in a sense I mean that's what the reality is and I thought he was ridiculous and he said it does take work but you can and I think the reason I thought he was so ridiculous is because I didn't know where to start and now that I know this like I want to share this with you guys because this is such an important thing to know because you really can and I want you guys to be able to change where you're at if you want to Um, And this is a lesson that I had to learn firsthand to understand. So maybe you have to learn it firsthand. Maybe this story will help. Um, So at the time that this happened, I was working in insurance. I was working for an amazing group of people, like just a wonderful team. I don't think I'll ever find a better team in my entire life. They are so amazing. Um, But it wasn't about the people. I just was really, really unhappy. I had gone through a traumatic event recently. I was just really struggling. And insurance is not something I was passionate about. It really frustrated me. A lot of people were really mad all the time. Um, It just, it's not where I wanted to be. I knew I didn't want to be in college because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to waste my money on the unknown, on general credits. And that, that was just my path. So I was in insurance and it was great. It was awesome. Everybody was telling me, oh, what success you have. You're so successful. You're the youngest licensed agent in the U.S. That's so successful. 
right? But I didn't feel successful. I felt like half a person. I didn't feel whole. I felt unhappy. I had good friends, you know, one was moving away to college. I had a great family, good support system. I was so unhappy where I was at though. Maybe it was because I had always grown up in this town and I just, I felt stuck, right? I needed to get out. And so I, um, I changed it. And I don't even know how to describe the way it clicked. But one day I was just like, you know what? This is not for me. And so I left just blindly. Um, I didn't want to waste their time. I didn't want to waste my time. They were such a good group of people and we were about to go through a transition that like I would have had to get trained on some new stuff and wasted time and money and I really didn't want to do that to me or to them. So I left and it was hard. I, I got to pick my next step though. I thought about the things that I wanted to do, the things I was passionate about. And I am really passionate about climbing about rock climbing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to make that my reality. I lived in a town that did not have a climbing gym at the time. And our closest one was about an hour-ish away. Um, And that's the one I had always gone to. So I looked online for jobs at climbing gyms in Colorado. And so I applied to a few in Colorado between, you know, an hour and three hours away. And I was super honest I said, you know, I'm not there, but I'll either commute or I'll relocate if I get this job. And then I saw an ad for a job hiring at a climbing gym in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I kind of giggled and I was like, oh my God, how ridiculous. So funny. Like, how funny would it be if I got a job at a climbing gym in the U.S. capital for climbing? Like the the U.S team practices here it's like a mecca for climbing in the u.s right and so i was like how ridiculous would it be if i applied and then got it so i applied to two gyms here and none of the none of the gyms in colorado ever got back to me at all i was super honest here i said you know i live almost seven hours away but i 100 percent am so down to relocate for these jobs if I'm given the opportunity. It ended up that I got both jobs here and had to pick between the gyms, right? And none of the ones in Colorado had even gotten back to me. So I took that as a sign. I'm like, okay, great. Utah's where I need to be right now. Like, that's just, that's where I felt pulling me, right? So I was gonna change my reality. I was gonna move out to Utah. The wild thing is I had less than a month to get there. They were basically like, well, we'd love if you could start as soon as possible. And I was like, great, I'll be there in three weeks, which is not always how changing your your situation is going to go. But I basically sat down, talked to my family about it. They're the most wonderful supportive people in the entire world. My dad was more stoked than I've ever seen anybody. He was so excited for me to start my new journey. Um, he was excited to come visit. He just... He was great. My mom was so sad, but she was also very great about it. Um, Yeah, it was awesome to have such a good support system and, you know, had to pack all my things in, you know, a month or less and get my butt out here, which was really, really difficult, really hard to plan. So don't get me wrong. If you want to change your reality, you want to change your situation, it might take work. It might not be as dramatic as mine, but it's definitely going to take some work. And I learned a lot from that experience. I learned that sometimes you just have to go for it. I learned that I am just the worst packer in the world and I still procrastinate really horribly. And I learned that you can and that it's not going to be easy, but 100% you can do it. Um, And it was so crazy. It was so wild. Like I... A year before that, thought that I was going to be going to CSU to study neuroscience. And then now I work at a climbing gym in Salt Lake City. And like I met Jimmy Chin a couple weeks ago. And if you guys know who that is, oh my God, you understand where my stoke level is coming from. Um, I learned a lot of things um, during this process. 
I learned that you can. That you can look at a situation and dislike it and that you can change it and leave it. I learned that it's not easy. It's never going to be easy to change your entire reality. I learned that I am horrible at packing. Like, just awful. Procrastinate horribly. I got here, started to unpack. I had no idea how I had organized these boxes. I just threw random items into boxes and then labeled them random things. Sweatshirts plus books plus shoes plus picture frames. Like, what? No. Okay, to my defense, I only had like three weeks, but yeah, no, that was just very difficult. But I will recognize that not all of the changes have to be as dramatic as moving to a different state to work, you know, wherever you're passionate. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as leaving your town, your family, your friends in a month and finding somewhere new. It can be little changes that slowly shift your reality, right? Like little changes lead to big things. Like there's a lot of things that you can change in your reality that will make you happier. And first and foremost, I would start with the people. Take a look at the people in your life. If you're unhappy, start with the people you're around. Because there's that cheesy saying about like, oh, well, you are who you hang out with. I'll give it to them. I'll give it to the moms on Facebook. That's true. You kind of are you who you hang out with. And I know this from personal experience. I know this from watching others. But if you're unhappy, look at the people first. If you have a shitty friend group, of course you're going to feel like garbage about yourself all the time. Like this happened to my sister probably a year-ish ago now. Like she felt like garbage all the time. She was anxious. She was having panic attacks. It was because she was hanging out with shitty friends. And that was a growth moment for her. We all knew that they were shitty people. We all knew they weren't good people. But she's so kind that she stays, you know, she stays with people. And that was a moment of growth for her. She's done a lot of looking inward since then. And I'm so proud of the group that she's created now. And I'm just, I'm proud of her in general. But that's one thing that she did to shift her reality You look at the people around you and you change it. If you're in a toxic relationship, change it. And sometimes that's easier said than done. Sometimes you feel pressure to stay, right? Sometimes maybe you're living with them and you can't leave until you find a new spot. There's a lot of different factors, but do what you can to change it. Friendships, relationships, jobs. If your coworkers are all horrible people, Try and find a new job, right? Like, find something else for you. And sometimes it is hard, and sometimes it does take time. It's that delayed gratification. It's not always going to happen in the span of three weeks, right? But if you look at it and you think about who you're hanging out with, who you're around consistently, and you don't like what you see, change it. Figure it out. I mean, it's hard, but it's doable. I mean, places is another thing, right? Like where you're living. Part of the reason that I was unhappy is because I was in this town that I lived in my whole life where honestly, a lot of people are really toxic. Like a lot of the people I went to school with are were really toxic people. And so the place you live in could have a huge effect on that, right? Or the place you go to work, the places you hang out. If all you do is hang out at bars, with like old alcoholics, you're probably not going to be super stoked on life, right? Like that's a dramatic example, but you know what I mean. Even little things like your routine, right? Like if you're not happy with your health, maybe just change your routine up a little bit. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I have a four-hour skin routine now. It's just like little things like eat a vegetable every day once in a while kind of thing. Like, you're not happy with your sleep routine, right? Like, just maybe make it a point to try and go to bed at a certain time and wake up at a certain time. Because it's not necessarily about how much sleep you're getting. It's about the consistency, which is a totally different topic. But little things like that, changing your routine just slightly, is going to create those big changes. You know what I mean? 
Um, you know, it always starts with the little things. And like you can you can change any part of your reality. It doesn't have to be the whole reality all at once. You can change your goals. And that could change huge things tremendously. And I think there's this stipulation around goals that like if you change your goals, you're giving up. Like you're giving up on the goals you have now. That's just not true. Okay. Whoever's saying that needs to shut up because that's not true. If you're changing your goals, it's not because you're giving up on old goals, right? It's because those goals no longer serve you. You've changed. Your outlook has changed. You need new goals. You're not going to accomplish every single goal because you are a human and you're dynamic and you change, right? You're not giving up. And whoever says that, you are a silly little goose and should maybe not say that to people because that's rude. So don't listen to them. You're not giving up. They just don't serve you. And that's totally okay. Make a new goal. Like I made a new goal. I mean, you know, my goal a while ago was like, I'm going to go to CSU for neuroscience. My goal in fourth grade was to go to Stanford. I had like a little notebook about it, about like how to get in, right? Like goals change. Obviously, I'm not at Stanford. I'm not studying neuroscience. I'm here talking to you. I'm going to go to work tomorrow at a climbing gym and be a little safety monitor, right? Like goals change. We change. That's the whole point of life. If nothing changed, it would be so boring. Like, oh my God, would it be so, so boring? Like, that's the point. And like, I don't know. Don't let, don't let other people define your goals. Don't let other people define success. Like everybody has a different definition of success and we're trying to fit ourselves in this tiny box, right? Like people will tell you being successful is going to college, getting a degree, going into a good job, getting married, having kids, and then dying, right? Like, that is the American dream of success, is that life cycle. And I am sick and tired of it. And I think that's what really changed for me. It's that I stopped listening to what other people thought would make me successful. I was told when I was doing insurance, when I graduated as a junior, wow, that's amazing. Look at all this success. Look how successful you are already. You're so young, right? That was not success for me. That didn't make me happy. That didn't spark anything. Those things didn't feel successful no matter how many people said it. I could have gotten an award for the most successful little tiny human and it wouldn't have made a difference, right? I decided in that moment that I was tired of hearing, oh, you're so successful, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn because the point is that wasn't success. And so I stepped back. I looked inward, full circle moment, looked inward. And I decided that that's not success for me, right? And I've now decided that success for me is just being genuinely happy and being able to share that happiness and make other people genuinely happy leaving it better. That's what success means to me. And that might not be what success means to you. You get to define success for yourself. I can't define it. Your parents can't define it. Your friends can't. The government can't. Nobody can define that for you. Maybe success for you is going to school and becoming a nurse and helping people. Maybe it's, you know, being a wolf of Wall Street. Maybe that's success to you. But just make sure that you're looking at yourself and you're defining it for yourself. Because if we keep letting other people pick our lives, we're going to lose a lot of happiness. And we're going to lose our ability to think independently. Like We can't keep letting that happen to us, right? Like Success shouldn't have to be defined by money or by status. If you want to define it that way, that's fine, but make sure it's coming from you, right? Look inward, you know? And I mean, 
That's all. That's all we can do. We just do our best every day. Maybe that's your version of success is just doing what you can every single day. Because sometimes that's all we've got. We just do our best. That's all we can give. And that's fine. We have those times. We all have those days, right? So I don't know. That's just, that's my take. Let me know how you feel about it. Shoot me some feedback. I love feedback. Good, bad. I mean, not negative, but constructive. Let me know what you're thinking and feeling or if there's something I can touch on for you. And and I'll do what I can. But speaking of touching things that the people would like, it is time. Okay, that sounded so bad. No, I'm so sorry. I would like to publicly apologize for the words I just said. Speaking of talking about topics that people would like to discuss. That's how we're going to work that. It is time for the people's pod. So we're going to talk about some of those things people have reached out to me with over the last few days. Thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out and being vulnerable with these questions and these topics you'd like to hear about. It means the world to me that you guys trust me enough to ask these questions and to ask these topics. I will always respect your identities never going to expose anybody. Feel free. Just let me know what's on your minds and we'll chat about it. So we're going to chat about some of those things. Thank you guys so much for trusting me to talk about these things. So one of the first ones that I read through that somebody reached out about was they wanted me to touch on toxic relationships and the recovery of them, the aftermath of them. And mind you, I'm not a professional. I'm not a licensed therapist, so take what I say with a grain of salt, right? Like, it's just my opinion, my experiences, and I will, I'll try to touch on the subjects as best as I can, but I'm not a professional. (laughs) I'm just a human doing their best. So let's jump right in, right? Toxic relationships, getting out of them, recovering from them can be really, really hard. Um, Right before I moved to Utah, I was recovering from a really toxic situation um they won't get too much into but there was some legal implications involved um and it was just really rough it was really hard I was living with this person obviously in separate bedrooms while this toxicity was going on I was having consistent panic attacks when they would be in the kitchen or walk into the living room while I was there it was a really difficult time so if you're going through that right now I am so sorry. I completely understand. Maybe not exactly what you're going through, but I understand how hard it is, right? Like, it's really hard. And it sucks that so many people have to deal with these things. And I know it's overdone. And I know that everybody says it. But I'm going to say it. And I'm sorry. And I'm going to cringe. And you're going to cringe. But time, like, time honestly does help. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be quick. But time is one of those things, right? But it's not time sat on. It's not time of doing nothing. I think part of what people don't say when they talk about time, quote, like healing all, I think what they don't talk about is that during this time, like you should be focused on you. You know, like you're having a hard time. You get to be a little selfish. Not to the extent of, like, affecting others in a negative light or hurting other people, but you should be a little selfish. You should take the time. You should put yourself first, and you should care about yourself. Do what you need to do for you. You don't always have to go out. If your friends want to go out, they want to make plans, you're in a really bad spot, be selfish. Say no. You know, like, I know a lot of people have FOMO, but in the long run, Think about what's going to make you happier. You know, going out and getting drunk or hanging out at home and journaling, right? Like journaling is going to be a much harder option. Looking inward is always a harder option. But sometimes you have to be selfish and you have to do the hard things. And your friends are not always going to understand that. But if they're good friends, whether they understand it or not, they'll respect it, right? Do what you need to do. Be selfish for you for a little bit because you've gone through enough that it's time to put yourself first. And honestly, maybe that's finding a new hobby. 
right? Maybe you start painting or cooking or ceramics. Maybe you write a book, you know? Those things can all be amazing platforms. Music, art, sports. I found my, you know, my time worth it and my passion in climbing when I was going through a rough time. And that helps me get through it a lot. A new hobby can help so much more than you think. If nothing else, it'll take your mind off some pain. And it'll be a good outlet to put the pain into. And to make something good out of the bad. So that can always help. Getting off of social media is a really big one. I know it sucks. Like, it's something to do. It's something distracting. But honestly... Social media is probably not helping with the whole toxicness thing, right? Like, the toxicity of the situation is not being, like, diffused by social media. It's being, like, poured gasoline on by social media. Especially if you're looking at this person's or keeping up with this person's social media. That's first and foremost. Is take them out of your mind. I know it can be hard, but try and get rid of as much as you can of guilt and of them and of wanting to go back because it can be hard it can be you blaming yourself right and it's probably not your fault if you're hurting so horribly bad because of this it's probably not your fault and you should probably get rid of as much of like their influence as you can and that includes like social medias right And I think something that's really important that we don't want to do but that we need to do is just let yourself feel. Let yourself feel it. I know it sucks. I know it's the worst thing ever. Trust me. I know. But it's never going to go away if you just keep ignoring it, right? Like it's not just going to go away if it's just sitting there. Sometimes you've got to open the box to be able to, like, throw it out. Like, you've got to grab the trash and walk downstairs to take it out. And I don't know if either of those made sense, but they made sense in my head. So, that's that. But, I don't know. I think that letting yourself feel is really important. Journaling, meditating, looking inward, full circle. It's really important. And it's going to suck. And you're going to cry. And you're going to be angry. And you're going to be unhappy. But the next day, maybe you're going to hurt a little bit less. Maybe you're going to think about it a little bit less. I mean, it's helped me. It might help you. If there's any specific situation or questions you have, please let me know. But these are just the things that I've learned. Let yourself feel. Get a new hobby. Be a little selfish. You know, get away from their influence. Get off social media a little bit. That's that's my take on that. Um, and that was really sad. And on a lighter note, we are going to hit the next topic. Somebody asked me about life in Utah, right? They said that they were from Texas and they came and visited one time. And it was just completely different. And they wanted to know what life here is like, right? And I know there's, like, a lot of social media posts about what life here is like. And about, like, the soda shops. Like, Swig, I think it's called. Or, like, the the um, the moms. The Mormon swingers. There's, like, a lot of stipulation about the soda shops. The swingers. And the fact that everybody is blonde with extensions and like eyelash extensions which by the way kind of is true depending on where you're at um I wish I could tell you guys more about the things that you're so curious about or like the BYU armpit STD thing if you've heard about that I don't think it's here because I live in Salt Lake I think it's in either Idaho or Provo I don't know I haven't heard much about it we're not going to go into that but Honestly, my experience living in Utah is probably a lot different from the experiences you've seen or heard about just because, like, I moved here for the purpose of rock climbing. So I hang out with a lot of a different crowd from what you would be expecting around here. 
So I get to hang out with some wonderful, amazing granola people, which is just the best community ever. So my experience here has been amazing. I think if you're an outdoorsy person, it's really good. It's really awesome. There's a lot of outdoorsy stuff to do. I think if you're like a skier or a climber, it's a really amazing place to be. It does get exhausting. I think it does have an expiration date. Like, I don't think I could live here forever, as wonderful as it is, just because there's so many people. And, like, even outside, you go to the mountains and there's, like, a million people there. So I think it's a wonderful experience and it's an amazing place to live and to visit. But I don't think I'm going to be here forever. Um, And the experiences that I have had with the things that people are so intrigued by, I haven't had any experiences with the soda shops Like, I don't even think I've seen one, or maybe I'm just not paying attention. But I did go to a role model concert back, way back when, I don't know, a month or two ago. And oh my gosh, the clones, the like mile long line of clones was crazy. There were some really cool people there, like really rad people there that I really enjoyed. And then there were some like crazy clones the exact thing that you would think about Utah, lip filler, eyelash extensions, blonde hair extensions, like no, not to talk down on them. It just was wild to see all these people that like looked the exact same to me, especially coming from a place where like nobody looks like that. But like everybody is basic in some sort of circle. Like they might be your like quote basic Utah girls, but like if we're talking about like crunchy climber girls like I'm technically basic in that circle or even in somewhere like New York um you know the fashion students might be basic to other fashion students you know what I mean somebody is basic to everybody or everybody is basic to somebody I guess is the way I would put it um but yeah that's just my experience with Utah so far um it's been fun it's been cool um I had some questions about my experience with climbing Um, which is something I just love to share. It actually stemmed, again, from my dad. He does this thing where he goes from hobby to hobby. (laughs) Like, when he was my age, he was studying martial arts in Japan, and he was a bodyguard in, quote, southern, southern California, question mark? Still haven't cracked that one. Um, Might have him on for an episode in a few weeks, so let me know what you'd like to hear from him as well, because he is super cool. So stay tuned for that. Um, Anyway, he switches hobbies. He's done cycling, running, MMA, archery, um, climbing was one of them. So he like started getting super into climbing, right? And he wanted to share that with us. And I really appreciate that. And I was standoffish at first. I didn't get it. I felt embarrassed because everybody else was better than me. Um... I mean, we had to drive an hour to climb. We don't have a climbing gym where we're from. So we drove down, tried it out. The place I really fell in love with it was outside. It was in Sinks Canyon in Lander, if you know where that's at. Not the first time I went did I fall in love with it. I think it was the first time I topped out on a route where I just sat there and looked out and had never felt so simple. I had never felt so peaceful, but also at the same time so stoked. It's like this peaceful adrenaline. Like I had just never felt something like this before. And so that's when I really fell in love with it and really started to get passionate about it was after climbing outside. And I am just so thankful every day that he introduced me to that because it has been amazing. And if you're looking to get into it and you need some sort of advice on that, like my first advice would be just go and find out. Go to your nearest climbing gym, do a day pass and some rental shoes, and just try it out. The rental shoes, not going to lie to you, are definitely going to be garbage, but it's not going to matter. You're exposing yourself to the sport. At at this stage in climbing, it's not going to matter what shoes are on your feet. Just go try it out. See what's going on. You might not like it at first because I didn't even like it at first, and now I've moved my whole life, you know, revolving around climbing. 
So things can definitely change. And I would say if you know people that climb and you know people that go outside, go with them. Ask to tag along. Even if you don't climb and you just be around that atmosphere outside, it's a beautiful experience. I mean, see if they'll let you go with. Like, it's wonderful. And if you have any questions regarding places, um, different types of gear, things like that, feel free to reach out to me because I have a lot of knowledge on that kind of stuff, especially now that I work at like one of the best gyms in the country. Like I have more knowledge than I can hold. So I would love to share it with you. Definitely reach out to me and I will get back to you as soon as possible and give you whatever information you're looking for. But that has been my experience with starting to climb and it has been so wonderful like I'm so thankful for it um but yeah that's kind of what you guys reached out to me with let me know what you'd like to hear next time or if you have any questions that you'd like discussed or just questions you'd like me to answer for you and I will get back to you and maybe feature it on the pod so let's jump right into Janie's jams for the week you may not like these you may like these doesn't matter but this is just what I've been listening to this week so first we have I mean this is in no specific or favorite order but I've been listening to Workout by Rainbow Kitten Surprise so sad I didn't get to see them in concert but that's a different story really really good song go check it out I've been listening to this one's a little older but I've gotten back into it recently and I don't know why it just kind of popped up um Some Girl by Gold Link featuring our man Steve Lacey such a good song so amazing the way he says compatibility just go listen to it you'll understand what i'm saying um i know i know it's basic and cliche but you know what i'm gonna say bad habit by steve lacy come on it's so good there's no denying that there's no telling me that's not an amazing song it's living rent free in my head i'm paying rent to that song to live in my head such a good song um, Life is Funny by Role Model. I've been on that grind. I think that's a really good message. I think it's quite an important message. Um, so that's been a big one for me. And then Bucket List by Saba. That's been a fun one. That's a really fun summer anthem. Like, it's nice to have your windows down and play that song. It's very good. Um, bonus one, Kings of Summer by Quinn, right? Like, that's the perfect summer song. Roll down your windows in the mountain type B. Like, so good. So, bonus song for y'all there. Um, And that's kind of all I have for you guys today. It has been absolutely wonderful. And I hope you guys will reach out and let me know what's going on. Let me know what you think. And I want you to know that you are amazing. You're amazing. And I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing every day. Because all we can do is our best every single day. So, I hope this week you guys will just do what you can every day to be happy, and to be kind because you're wonderful. And I am in full support of you and your goals and your happiness. So thanks so much for coming, guys. I will see you next week. Have a wonderful week.